Welcome to the Roll for Crit podcast, the podcast you want to listen to if you want to hear discussion of board games, RPGs, all kinds of tabletop games, news, and discussion. we got a great show for you this week. My name is Jonathan. I'm Will, and we've got so much great stuff to get to, but first got to do the roll. And once again, Jonathan, mm-hmm. I'm going to need a number from one to three from you so you can choose which die we roll. Right. To start off the show, of course, we have to roll a die to see how it's going to go. A 20 I'm sure it'll be die. fine. Uh, and you have chosen three dice, so mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna. I'm feeling good this week about whatever die number three is. Ooh, you've chosen the blood red die with, I guess, bronze lettering. <laughs> it's sure. not like quite gold. <laughs> well, bronze and gold Ooh, are wow. kind of different, aren't they? <laughs> eighteen. That's pretty high. I think it's gonna An be a good 18. one. Eighteen. Oh man. Well, now I've got a pep in my step, which is <laughs> a thing that we should. You know, that's a thing I say. Everyone says it from time to time. Don't don't judge me for that. I'm excited. I mean, an 18 is a good one. We're going to need all the help that we can get. And we have got it this week because joining our party, we have two excellent guests. They are the hosts of the tabletop gaming podcast, rolling dice and taking names. And I predict uh, they will be our new best friends. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Marty Connell and Tony McCree. How are you guys doing? fantastic thank you tony did you hear how they went through that intro one time without missing a beat and we have to do it like four times my favorite part marty is they didn't have to do all the technical checks that we go through is there power to the mics is there power to the recorder oh wait have we done a bathroom check oh no that that's incorrect because who had technical issues it was me i was the one that held us up get going to oh this is y'all show i'm sorry <laughs> oh no 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 it's all right I, I i'm trying my best not to remember the horrible difficulties you just went through yesterday during a stream we're like oh we'll start at eight o'clock an hour and a half later oh is, is the game ready yet i think <laughs> yeah. so can we, can save... we link up oh it's not through steam it's not through steam why, why is it not through steam uh, <laughs> our it's, uh, technical difficulties we save for when we're just with each other when there's guests around that's when we gotta like put in our a game you know uh, this is not really how we are. We're just pretending so we'll, that you guys are impressed by us. <laughs> I, I'm already impressed. I mean, uh, I'm ready just to hang it up right now because we can never achieve this. <laughs> I like the fact that they're able to record, edit, and get out the next day where it takes you a full week, assuming I remember to upload my portion of the recording. Yeah, did you hear how they have like the music at the very beginning and record it as they start? And here I have to get it and I have to grab the music and superimpose it and auto-duck it and, and EQ it. Man, I need to look into this uh, tool they use here. Uh, well, right now my bandwidth, I, my little blips on this tool is real low, and yet you are clipping all over the place. I, what's going on here? I don't understand this. But gentlemen, thanks hold for on, having us. You are in for it. Am I clipping? Oh, yes, I am because, yes, I totally am. I See? Nobody told me I was clipping. I bet you it's a lot better now, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh. See, you're, you're actually looking for that i'm just oh, like yay dude. i can be heard so i apologize to everybody who i just blew their ears out my my apology we have technical issues on our show this is why it takes us six starts <laughs> no no that's that's fine that's totally fine we'll we'll we'll, we'll cut all that down we, I, I do a little bit so you probably do more editing than i do it sounds like we, we take the convenience route and just try to do everything at once so i don't have to go back and and mess with it it's a, it's a shoddier product in the end, but it comes oh, no. out quicker. No, not at all. <laughs> well, it's for real. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, if you haven't heard Roland Dice and Taken Names, it's a great podcast. Uh, we, will, we will plug it at the end of the show as well. But 
I'm, I'm so happy you guys are here. It's going to be a fun show. We have some interesting things to discuss this week. Some really big, important things to discuss, in fact, which is why we won't waste any more time. We will get into our first segment. And if, if you like sound effects built into the show, then get ready, because we're starting out with our news roundup. News roundup. How about that? That was pretty impressive. Uh, so, did you pay for that? I mean, just you know, <laughs> that was that's all in house. Believe it or not. <laughs> oh, you really didn't use a stuff. what was the thing called a fiver? You didn't go for the fiver side. Or <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Uh, although we have uh, we have requested any listeners who want to submit their own bumpers, but uh, no one's no one's done that yet. I guess because those are just perfect. The ones we have, I, I, I don't know it's what I assume. Anyway. Absolutely. Big stories this week. I mean, okay, I'll be honest. There's really just one big story this week, but it's really big. The Spiel des Jahres and the Kennerspiel des Jahres, uh, arguably the biggest awards in the board game world. The winners were announced. We talked about the nominees a month or two ago, and then they announced the winner of the Kinderspiel, the, the Kids Award. But now we know who has won the other awards. So for Game of the Year, Spiel des Jahres, that has gone to Micro Macro Crime City. The uh, deduction uh, kind of Where's Waldo meets Sherlock Holmes is what I've heard it uh, billed as. Uh, and that has one beating out the adventures of Robin Hood and zombie teens evolution. And for the Kenner spiel, paleo has one paleo, a cooperative game, uh, which you're playing as tribes in the paleolithic era, trying to explore regions, find food and such to survive. That one beat out lost runes of Arnak and fantasy realms. And I think uh, worth noting as well, this is the first time in history in history, that both the Spiel and the Kenner Spiel have gone to co-op games. So that's maybe a big deal. I don't know. Maybe maybe interesting to people. Uh, but Marty and or Tony, I'll, I'll let you, t- I'll just, I'll include you guys just as a unit and you can jump in and talk over each other as you wish. Uh, what do you think about these awards? Uh, what do you think about the winners? Have you played any of these games? Uh, and if so, do you agree with these awards or if you haven't, are you now looking forward to trying them out? So for me, I have not played any of these. And, uh, so there you go. That's about it. Am I looking forward to playing them? Uh, you know that these awards, I hate to say it, just, they don't mean a whole lot to me, you know? I don't really gauge my game interest in that. It's going to be based on the the theme of the game or something like that. I very seldom look for stickers on it. However, we do try to put uh, our Squirrely Award stickers on every game we get a chance of, but that's okay. <laughs> but M- Marty, uh, I know for you that the runner-up was one of your one of your favorites and won a Squirrely from uh, us. Uh, Lost Ruins Varnak. Yeah, I was pulling for Lost Ruins. I, too, have not played either one. I've heard a lot of good things about Micro Macro until I realized that you had to, like, look really closely at a piece of paper. And it's like, I already have issues reading cards with small fonts. So hmm. I'm not sure how uh, this is going to go. And uh, is Paleo even available here in the U.S.? I, I thought tried looking up both of these, and they oh, yeah. both say unavailable or really disturbingly high prices. Like, I think... Okay. Mm. I find my, micro macro on Amazon was like from this seller. I'm like, okay, how much? It's I think it retails around thirty, mm-hmm. and it was like 120. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think we need to wait a little bit longer for these. Okay. Well, pres- presumably, now that they've won these awards, they'll be well. I mean, 
who knows with the state of shipping and everything, but I'm sure they want to be ramping up print productions right now um, and getting these into people's hands. But yeah, it is usually, it's often sadly the case with Spiel des Jahres award winners that uh, we're always like, this is what won. Uh, I guess we'll find out if we like those games in six months. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's so funny. So I went and looked at an online store, a miniature market, and they're both sold out there. So it looks like they did have them at one time though. Yeah, I thought it was Paleo a Kickstarter, or am I thinking of something different? I don't know. I'm pretty certain it was, but okay. uh, it was still Z-Man, I think. So it could be like they had a small batch, mm. you know, that was available like through your cool stuff, your miniature markets and stuff. But now, hopefully, now that they've won, they'll be like, oh, well, let's ramp this up to more of a evergreen title. Maybe not evergreen, but closer, since it's now they can put that big spiel logo on there <laughs> yeah yeah and i and I, uh, I think from the general vibes that i was getting and from our own show and discussion i think macro micro macro was kind of the the one people thought was probably going to take the spiel mm-hmm. i do think that uh like you guys I, lost ruins of our neck i feel like that's kind of an upset i thought that was going to be the winner there uh will what do you think any are, any of this I, shocking to you no i think that was Pretty much how I felt about it. Like everyone I know was mostly talking about micro macro. Mm-hmm. I heard a little bit about Zombie T Evolution, uh, only a little bit. But when it came to the 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 spiel, I mean, I have not heard anyone but my, myself really talk anything negative about the Lost Ruins of Arnak. Like it's only been everyone's like, everyone's loved everything about it. I'm really shocked. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't heard anything too bad about Paleo, but nothing compared to the talk around Arnak. Right. And maybe, maybe part of that is just because it's available here. <laughs> like <people have> played <laughs> that, it. <laughs> that, that is true. And it is partially a deck builder, but, and that's me trying like really simplifying it way too much. And maybe that was the thing that made the judges decide. I don't know. Um, usually, isn't there usually actually, um, they explain why they choose or am I making that up? I don't. I don't think they have in the past, but I mean, I, I don't know. I, I never looked that closely at it either. So maybe at some point there's an explanation, but I I remember when uh, we were pretty invested when Portal Games uh, had Detective nominated and I think it lost to Wingspan that year. And I yeah. don't ever remember seeing an explanation of why they picked one over the other. Hmm. I would I would love to see that. for some of those things yeah if you go to their website if you you click on the games there's not i wouldn't say an explanation but they do have a a little blurb about like what they liked about the game it's kind of generic and it's not like we chose this over this for any reason but there is a little bit like it says it's extraordinary how paleo manages to create dynamic stories and images in the player's minds etc etc just like a few sentences so maybe you're maybe you're thinking of something like that that you read in the past maybe yeah. So before you gentlemen get too far in the discussion, I will want I want to caveat something here with Marty and I on. If any of our uh, listeners come over and listen here, I must state any errors or problems that we state on this show do not constitute to the five dollar payout that we offer on our show. So I just <laughs> need to put that footnote right here, right now, Marty, so that we are free to screw up as much as we want to, okay? unless these guys want to cover us. This I think true. I think we should. It's only polite. <laughs> oh, you don't know what check you just wrote. <laughs> uh, Jonathan does not speak for the entire Rolf community. <laughs> yeah, asterisk, asterisk. Check the show notes. 
lots of asterisks. Um, what, how about the fact that these are the first two, the first time a pair of co-op games has won? I mean, I, I don't. It's not really a surprise to any of us, probably, that co-op games have been getting bigger and bigger. And I think they're arguably bigger than competitive games at this point in the tabletop world. I I don't know if people. Like I said, it's arguable. I think you could argue it. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Is that exciting? Is that interesting? No, I guess it's not. I guess it's neither. <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, 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 wait. But I mean, I think cooperative games, it's just, it's giving me the obvious thing that as our market and our board games just grow in the general public, it's a lot easier. I mean, I've said this before with some of my friends who haven't really played to be like, would you like to play this cooperative game or this competitive game? Because they're like, oh, we'll just lose to you in the competitive game. Even though like, I won't be cutthroat, but the cooperative game, they don't care if they lose in that because they're like, oh, we're happy to be working together in this. So I'm not surprised that we're just going to see more and more cooperative games. Whether we hit that bloat point, I don't know. But along those lines, you also end up with the cooperative of the unfortunate alpha gamer or someone who helps lead everybody. Oh, yeah. So you can always have that side of it as well. Do I think there's going to be more? Co- there's just going to be more games. What mechanic mm. they choose, cooperative uh, versus it, it doesn't matter. Just bring, just keep bringing the games. Let's go. Let's go. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There is kind of a, as with most things, it's always player dependent. Uh, you know, the important thing is to foster a welcoming sense of community. <laughs> anyway, I use the word foster. That was cool. That was pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, we all we all liked it. So pretty, pretty big deal. Pretty big deal. You can go back and listen to our episode when we talked about the nominees. Uh, we had uh, uh, Dominic Krapyshets, and I think we all tried to predict what would win. <laughs> and I don't remember what we all I think we all thought micro macro. I don't remember what we said for the other for the Kenner spiel. But you can go go back and see if we were correct. I'm and guessing maybe. I was right on the uh, the the, uh, the kid award just because I, I'm pretty sure I chose the dragon one because they're like, he has dragons. So. <laughs> right. Dragonimo, of course, won the Kinderspiel for anyone who wasn't keeping up with that one. So there you have it. Look, look for those symbols on boxes in the near future uh, or if and when they're able to print these more and we'll finally get the chance to try them out. Next up, let's talk about a little bit of Dungeons and Dragons. I thought this story was interesting. I mean, it's not really a story, but we're calling it a story. They announced Wizards of the Coast announced the new Dungeons and Dragons source book. And this one is really emphasizing the dragons part of Dungeons and Dragons. It's called Fizban's Treasury of Dragons. And it's kind of like a whole bestiary just for dragons. Uh, it's all about different kinds of dragons uh, hosted by this guy, Fizban. Notable, I think, for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, they're bringing back Gem Dragons, which is some kind of psychic dragon that hasn't been in the game since the third edition of, of D&D. And Fizban himself, the author, supposed author character featured in this book, comes from the Dragonlance setting, uh, which has... Had some weird legal issues, if anyone's been following that over the past year, uh, between them and uh, uh, Wizards of the Coast about these different Dragonlance novels and how they'll be published and things like that. So this could be an indicator that maybe there's Dragonlance content uh, coming in a bigger way later on to Dungeons & Dragons for fans of that setting or that series. And uh, this is going to be released in October. 
I don't know. Tony, Marty, are 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 you guys? Uh, do you ever dabble in the in the world of role playing? Is this something that uh, is up your alley, or not at all? I love uh, to role play when I get a chance. Uh, it's just that we don't have a good solid group uh, to be able to play a lot. But I I love to play RPGs. In fact, this weekend I'm going out of town with my family. And my sister and her son said, I, I want to figure out, I want to know what this D&D stuff is. That they watch too much. Um, oh, what's the geeky show on CBS? Oh, Big Bang uh, Theory. Big Bang Theory. <laughs> and they said, you know, we've heard about this and stuff. So I said, well, cool. But my uh, oldest son loves to um, loves to uh, DM. So he said he'd just run a one-shot for us. So I printed off some uh, pre-gen characters that uh, Wizards provides. I'm going to get together and teach it. And I'm really looking forward to it. Not just the teaching to actually play. So I wish I could play more uh, of anything, honestly, whether it be D and D uh, I did back the one ring Kickstarter uh, earlier oh, yeah. this year. So I'll be getting uh, that. I used to love to play shadow run. Uh, so there's a bunch of different systems. Oh, my, what my son's talk about today, they wanted to play Warhammer fantasy. Uh, they love number one that that universe and that world, but they love that system also. So, there's a lot of people around here that want to do it. It's just we don't get to sit down and do it. Yeah, I mean, we when Marty and I first got out of college, many, 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 many <laughs> moons ago. Um, it's a lot of moons. We, it was. It's a lot of moons. Whoo, God, it was a lot of moons. And we dabbed in some DC RPG, the the DC Marvel. universe. Marvel. Was it Marvel? Yeah, it was Marvel. Yeah, we got the uh, we got like a starter set of the Marvel. Yes, and so we say, "Oh, this is so much fun! This is so much fun!" So it seems like every once in a while we'll we'll put the big toe in and try to get it started, and then it, it's like the water's too cold right now, or oh, it's too hot, and we never can get that lukewarm where we have that group that's constantly able to get together or get online and do. And to be honest, we tried the online version, and I'll be honest with you. Nothing against it, but when you're online for work constantly, and the last thing I want to do at night is get online and do this. Amen. People, yeah, people talking over you and Zoom calls or whatever, Teams, I don't care. So, you know, we tried it with a group, and it was constantly someone was talking over us. So, tell you what, until I can get to a, a table with everybody, and maybe it's going to be in my retirement age, where which isn't which isn't as many moons away. I maybe I'll be able to do that at the um, local old folks home. We'll get the D and D because we all grew up with it. Who knows? This is hundred percent right. Yeah. Started in the seventies. So there, there's a good chance there'll be a group there. So, boy, that was a long answer for, uh, we, not really, but we'd love to, we, we love it. We uh, actually, uh, to be fair, we love doing yeah. it. Yeah. We love DMing. I love to, oh, I'm, I can't say DM. I can say GM. Um, but you can say either. I can. Okay, cool. I don't want. <laughs> I don't create any issues with anybody. But I mean, even um, we got this shirt. I got a shirt that you know it's got Grumpy Cat on it behind a GM pane sitting here. Rock falls, everyone dies. That's the kind of GM I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd like to go to uh, I think prison at some point because uh, you know you have a lot of free time in there, and I hear they they play some good D and D sometimes in prison. <laughs> So that might be a good opportunity before the old folks home. I don't think that's the kind of D&D that uh, you think it is. <laughs> you know, I'm willing to take that risk. I think it's worth it. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Well, well, one of the reasons I wanted to bring up specifically um, Fizzband's dragon 
whatever it's called, Treasury of Dragons, is because uh, we yeah we also struggle with playing uh, D&D regularly, but but we manage it here and there, and Will happens <laughs> to play a dragonborn character, it's and true. this this book is going to feature a whole bunch more optional like backstories and features and stuff for the dragonborn class. So d- does that excite you, Will? Yeah, I mean, I spent way too much time when we made the characters because you're like, oh, just do what you want. I'm like, oh, I don't know how much Jonathan wants. So I wrote a whole religion for my (laughs) city. So now I'm like, great, I I don't need to remember that anymore. I think they they say they're doing dragon gods here. So I'm just going to get this book. I'm like, here, Jonathan, I don't have to remember anything. This is how my city, my city had a retcon. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Did you actually, you didn't invent all those gods though. You, you, I looked them up, but it was like, I wasn't sure if they were fan made or not. Like some of our characters, we obviously know like Tiamat and, uh, am I saying that right? Bahamut? Is that how you say it? That's probably one of them. But like, there are some other ones that weren't sure were real or maybe only in certain editions. And I sort of just fleshed them out a bit more like this does mischief. And I'm like, Oh, I'll, I'll do a little bit more with that. Like I did like a, a small paragraph for each one. I think 10, Something like that. Yeah. I, I don't know if they were small, but yeah, you, you, there was a paragraph. <laughs> no, I did too much on all the other stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, this, well, this will hopefully help you out in, in that regard. Uh, I, I've enjoyed their books lately that have done the whole, the thing where they're written by in, an in-character person. Uh, adds a, kind of a little fun flair to the book uh, That's that I find amusing. And yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard. And I, I mean, I agree with you guys. We, we've been playing our D and D online only, even, even before the pandemic, we kind of switched to that, I think a little earlier. Um, and just for the sake of being able to schedule it easier. And it's in many ways, it's really good. And in other ways, it's just not th- the same as doing it in person, like, like, like we found with any kind of board game or tabletop game over the internet, <laughs> uh, you just lose something, I think. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really stop that scheduling problem. <laughs> <laughs> no. that, that, that's a great point. And it's just, I don't know. It's one of those things that here, here's the thing. I, I don't know how much y'all played online board gaming through tabletop simulator and stuff. I tried, I just, I just don't get into it. The, the satisfaction I get from a board game is sitting with people at a table and I love the tactile feel of a board game. And that doesn't go away even with RPGs. Even if I'm playing with my pencil or fitting with the dice or whatever, I just love to sit, look at people and then mess with the bits. And that's why online gaming just never, it just never did it for me. It was definitely felt like uh, we're doing it because we need to, not because we want to. A lot mm. of the times. Yeah. We and did it like we've done it a handful of times for fun, but it's it's never sticks. You never really come back to it. Uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm definitely. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we don't have to do it anymore. Knock on wood. Hopefully yeah. everything yeah. is going OK. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but anyway, however you play your, your uh, role playing games in person or online. You can look forward to this new D&D book in October. And one last story here. I mean, this is just a lot of fun. I'm sure we're all familiar with the board game Clue, or as they know it in the UK, Cluedo. And I didn't know this. I guess there's actually a house that inspired the original game uh, that the designer loosely based 
the the layout and style of the the mansion in that game on this actual real world building and that building is now for sale it is known as tudor close i assume that's how you would say it tudor close and like i said inspired the original cluedo game it's also been home to uh, like famous people from Hollywood, they say, including Cary Grant, Betty Davis. I think I read somewhere Julie Andrews maybe uh, was stayed there with family or something when she was little. It's got a weird history to it, even if you're not a board game fan. And yes, there is one secret passage, apparently, from the kitchen to a bar somewhere, I think. So you could stage your own murder mystery party, hopefully a, a just a fake one, not an actual one. I think they've one. done so. Yes, it sounds like they have done they've whoever has been um, in possession of the home has like hosted clue parties and things like that. Uh, so any takers, Marty and Tony, it's right now set for offers at uh, a million pounds. One point uh, four million dollars. OK, so uh, so you putting a bid in or, or what? <laughs> The way prices are skyrocketing over here, sure, why not? Let's go. Yeah, for I was going to say that. I was going to say I would have guessed it would have been more than that. So I was kind of surprised it was that cheap, unless just houses are that cheap over there. No, I got a feeling this needs a little work. It's got all this ivy growing on over it. Mm. It doesn't look like I it's mean, got a good manicured yard. Have you seen the clue board? Mm -hmm. You're going to have true. to roll so many dice to get around. <laughs> Absolutely. And there's all these checkered patterns, you know, on the floor. Imagine all the grout work you're going to have to do on that thing right there, and the blood stains. Wrenches left around, left and right, candles on the ground. That's right, candlesticks and wrenches and ropes and pistols. It's, it, it is not a a child safe home. Let's let's be honest. So, I, I would love to see it. It would be it would be great if someone were to be able. They're not going to make any money off of it, but be able to you know offer it out as a museum or something like that but i mean that's that's just silly talk and what part of england is this in uh, is it in brighton i think that's what i read yes brighton okay so maybe uh the, the whoever gets it will use it as an a expensive airbnb there you yeah. go well that's what i was thinking I mean, yeah i think i mean a museum would be awesome but yeah just a super <laughs> expensive airbnb would also be kind of cool just to uh, I'm sure, I'm sure. I mean, honestly, you would probably make your money back on that in a year uh, with, with the people wanting to go to this. It is, I don't, I didn't read, I don't know if they said specifically how much of like the current furnishings are going to stay in the house, but it is kind of weird to look at it because it's one of those, uh, like it, it has this very classical look to it, but then you'll just randomly see like a gaming chair and a, <laughs> and a laptop <laughs> in one area. <laughs> it's a little bit uh, incongruous, but it's it's cool. Yeah. Will, Will uh, are you gonna buy it oh, or or go mm. ahead? What you're gonna say? Uh, no, I was gonna say is that, you know it's just so people know it is on the southern coast. It's a beach town, so there you go. That's another okay. reason to get okay. to it for beaches in there. I was thinking, what about a destination wedding? Hey, let's Ooh. go have a destination wedding at this house where murder and mayhem pursue it happens. <laughs> Do you think that drives the price down a little? That yeah. some people are superstitious and think they might actually get murdered there. Oh, my. You know, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna haggle. Like, mm, I think someone's died in this house, so I think you got to lower the price. <laughs> I wonder if um, the movie Clue, if they did any kind of, um, probably not. But I wonder if they like just looked at this house for inspiration or anything for the sets of that movie. But I, I guess indirectly they would have, if, mm -hmm. you know. 
it's a i mean it, it kind of just looks like a if you imagine a, a big british mansion <laughs> kind of looks like that <laughs> uh but that's for sale anyone anyone listening try to get in on that deal four beds two baths i mean what more could you ask for Three thousand three square feet uh, possibility of purchasing a second garage subject to further negotiations. Okay. I mean, I don't know what that means, but you need to talk to the spirits there first. They're not sure if they want to give it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some tough stuff going on there. I, I let's, let's make some more. What's another famous. Uh, let's get the, uh, the ladder from shoots and ladder for sale. <laughs> I couldn't think of a, there's no other famous house. Well, you have the uh, castle in Germany that the um, between oh, two castles. Castle of, uh, Mad, Mad King Ludwig. That one, yeah. Yep. There, you could, there's that all one. the streets for Monopoly. Yep. <laughs> right. <laughs> the act you could buy Atlantic City, yeah. <laughs> um, or, we'll or, or the hotel from, I mean, we played the board game The Shining, you know, the hotel. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's true. You know, there's two. There's two Shining hotels. Ah, I didn't know that. <laughs> I, I know this because I'm a I'm a Stephen King head a little bit. <laughs> there's there's the one where they shot the movie, and then there's a different one that actually inspired Stephen King. Mm. So it's like if you're you know if you're really into The Shining, you got to visit both of them to get the complete experience. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, that's it for the news roundup. Let's look at the world of crowdfunding in the Kickstarter Pickstarter. Oh, this one looks uh, nice. It's nice. It's nice. This one. Kickstarter Pickstarter. Are we still impressed? I am very impressed. Yes. Uh, all right. Perfect. All right. So uh, right now, each of us are going to highlight a campaign a project somewhere in crowdfunding that we are excited about, perhaps more than one even. Uh, of course, I defer to our guests first. Uh, between the two of you, are, what is a project or projects that you are currently looking forward to that you want to talk to us about? Well, I appreciate you. Now, I'm going to step away from Kickstarter because I think something needs to have a little light shown on it. And I, and that is over at GMT. Let's look at some P500 games that are not there yet. Not that this is a selfish endeavor on my part, but people, we need to give some love to certain games over there that have not met their P500 mark. Now, do you gentlemen um, ever dabble in the P500s arena? I, I am familiar with the system, but I, I have not ever personally taken part in it, I, I admit. Okay, uh, so know, basically it's like backing a game, but they got to get to a certain level before they either print the game or reprint the game. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And it's just with this the publisher GMT Games, so they have their own system through their website. And I, it's, they've been doing it for a while, I believe, and I think it's mm -hmm. pretty successful. It, it is. Does it predate Kickstarter? I don't know. I'm pretty sure it does. It's been around for a very long time. But yeah, it was just, it was their way of getting, you know, a game out. Well, it's like Kickstarter, a way of getting their game out there to see uh, if you could get enough traction in order to print it. I mean, it's very low risk for them, right? They just put it out there. Hey, once it hits 500, it makes the print status. Yeah, it, yeah. And so Marty has been uh, pushing these coin games lately, and one of the best is Cuba Libre, which needs 300 more people to back it for its fourth printing. So if you've heard of that game and you're like, well, why can't I get it? Why is it sold out? It's because you haven't gone to GMT, people, and backed it yet. <laughs> that's why. That's, the, that's where it's at. Or another classic one that uh, both he and I want that we need to back because it needs 200 more people. And that is fire in the lake. And that is based on, you know, the Vietnam conflict. 
So there are a ton of incredible games over there that you've heard of and you're like, well, why haven't I been able to purchase them? Or if I go out to Amazon or if I go to the secondary BGG market, you're going to see them way up there. And so that's one of those things that we forget about when we think about, you know, the game founding and Kickstarter. There's the GMT P500 for those who enjoy the coin or the war series games. And I think I drug coin out long enough. Yeah, boy, you really drug that one out. Yeah. yeah sorry about that. That's a little post editing. Marty could catch me saying coin somewhere. Oh, Labyrinth. I mean, once again, there's another one. Uh, oh, no, that's just for the box. So never mind. <laughs> but but that that's where that's where our heads have been lately i really haven't dabbled in the kickstarter uh or looked at it uh recently there for a while i've been backing a, a bunch of them i've gotten most of my games back uh there's been the ascension one that i backed still waiting on it and then uh, uh three sisters uh you know pinchback riddle game i'm waiting on that one to show up but i haven't gotten some of the ones i backed from last year so that's kind of where you know i, kind of, I backed all these but why would let's just sit on our money for a little bit marty i i know you but i'm going to give you a chance to talk maybe uh so yeah <laughs> no i i am actually the same way i used to be so into kickstarters and i just kind of started pulling uh away from them because it got to the point where i would forget i had backed a game and all of a sudden oh there's this game well that's cool <laughs> i don't know it's just the, the hype wasn't there when i when i i got it i i still do it like i said i did back the one ring rpg i backed rivals uh I just now got shipping notice for Ankh from uh, Come On Games. So, you know, I've been waiting a couple years for that. So I don't really, it's interesting. We get a lot of emails about people and their Kickstarters and stuff. It's just that I don't really go out there and back too much anymore. Uh, one thing that did stand out to me in your in your list, and I've been seeing this online, is the Jasper Modular Shelves. Yeah, I really want to talk about these, so please. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, they look really good, but... Is it any better than what I could get at Ikea? Because Ikea sure is a lot cheaper. Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know, these these Jasper shelves, so these, is, these are the same people. This is board game tables, and they have made a few games, and they also make very popular board game tables, hence the name. And yeah, this is their first line of shelves. And I guess what, the, what they're really trying to sell them on is, A, these are supposed to be your expensive these are luxury shelves that will last you many years and the other thing that makes them particularly good for board games they say is that they are modular mm -hmm. meaning you don't buy a shelf you buy you buy little just like cubbies like the literal individual shelves and they can be of different sizes different heights and you can not just stack them when you get them you can put them into different arrangements so you can leave space in between the shelves to fit games of weird sizes into various different places. And you can easily add on or take them apart and move them around uh, if your uh, collection increases over time. Uh, I, I, I'm, I love the idea of this. I love the look of it. I mean, like you, I also am like, there's no way I would, the, the, the base pledge level for this is $400. Mm -hmm. And I mean that depending on the size of your collection, that might not cover a third of it, you know, <laughs> you, and depend there's, you can of course do all kinds of like uh, customization of which different, what kind of wood you want. You could just buy them piecemeal, just get every different little size shape or cube that you need, but it's, it's cool. And I, if I were super rich, I feel like I would definitely be in on this. <laughs> 
it's it's really hard because it's one of those things I know it, it looks really pretty, but I just imagine even if money, I'd be like, I'd buy it and spend the whole time building like perfect. I just set it up. It looked, my collection looks great. You know, one year later after like a Gen Con and stuff and I'm like, all right, I have all these new games. Things don't fit anywhere. Well, I mean, that that kind of is their whole selling point. That's what they're trying to advertise is that if that happens, you can literally just add more shelves next to it or on top of it. Like I, I that, that I think that that is sort of supposed to be built into their idea. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I it I just I mean having to buy more. Do I buy? But I mean, don't you have to buy more or? shelves? Any? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's either I get. I, I guess to I can regular hit a, shelves, uh, a it, maximum it, point or some or critical point where I just like, all right, I'm buying a new um I forget the even the name of the IKEA shelf every Calyx. Day. Calyx, <laughs> no. thank you. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you're like, well, that's good for another five years, hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> are, exactly. And and see, some of these cubbies, the smallest one, seventy bucks. Then it's eighty four, yeah. eighty four, and ninety nine. I'm like, okay, if I want to expand, I may have to spend eighty bucks. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm sitting there looking. I'm I'm trying to redo my office a little bit, and I can get the Kalex, the two by four, uh, two by four uh, cubes or spaces shelves uh, unit for seventy five dollars. So I've got eight little cubbies now for seventy five bucks to put more stuff in, or I could pay eighty four dollars for one. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to point out too with those because I actually did this. Uh, because I got like the the four by four versions of them, I didn't actually put the divider in at the very top of like two of them, so I could put long boxes in. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you can still be a little tricky with the IKEA ones, just you know, yeah, not in the instructions. Yeah, uh, I mean, does yeah. that hurt the support? Uh, not with the top ones because I don't really put anything on the very top of the shelves ah. too much because it's that's close to the ceiling. So pretty much there isn't it doesn't hurt it too much because I'm not doing it in every place. It's like two slots on top. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, to their credit, I do think that like board game tables, they know what this product is. They, they, they address a lot of these things head on and they say like, look, we know you can get cheaper board game shelves. This is, this is a luxury product. These are, this is like real quality wood. I will say it's not the thing most gamers probably are going to get. The one thing I do love is in one of the pictures they show how you can make a really small space that's just the size for small board games because that is definitely my Achilles heel of my collection. Right. When like you, how, all those how little sort, tiny boxes. That yes. <laughs> float around. Well, anyway. No, I mean, uh, they funded. I mean, they've gotten looking at it now. Oh, they yeah. they needed $50,000 on their goal. And as of this recording, it's 376000 So a lot of people like them and great. Good for them. I'm glad they funded uh, I, I guess probably for me, I would probably rather invest that money in other places. Yeah. Uh, not too, uh, very understandable, <laughs> a very defensible position. Uh, all right. So that's Jasper modular shelves and also GMT <laughs> Go Go check out their P 500 system. Will, do you have, uh, anything on Kickstarter that you'd like to pick? I do, and I'm choosing something very selfish <laughs> because it is. Uh, this, this isn't supposed to be for everyone else. It's your pick. Yes, but it, it is. Uh, it's magic related. It is the Kuma jig, and you don't have to use it for magic, but it's obviously magic uh, designed because it is pretty much this giant box with beautiful art and actually smaller boxes in it. Because in magic, there's a format known as cube where you pretty much make make up packs. So you can get that experience of opening packs without actually buying new ones. 
And this one allows you to like, okay, I can pack them into small boxes. And it has all this gorgeous art. And if even if you don't do that, like you have any other card game, this looks like such a great carrying collection. It's been funding so much, and they have all this art that's, you know, it's not magic, but it totally is. Like it's a walk through time or through the ages and, or a scorched lotus. And I wanted to point out one of the my favorite pieces. As each stretch goal is like, all right, here's six new pieces of art. You guys can vote if it's going to be on the big box or stuff. And this one includes the squirrel watch, which is five squirrel sorcerers finding a giant squirrel dragon. Which so is, is this in the show notes? I'm looking for it right yeah, now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Where <laughs> no, no, this is my squirrels? own. This is this oh. is my own. This is me because <laughs> I tend to do pick because every now and then something drops right before. I'll put I, it in I the show to notes. Put a good, right well-rounded selection of links that I think people will be interested <laughs> in, and then Will will come along with some obscure niche thing <laughs> that, that I have no idea how he found it. <laughs> Oh, that's really cool. So I'm looking at and, it now. Uh, there's the image out straight up of the squirrels. <laughs> Put in there in the notes. <laughs> and I, I I love it. I think it looks fantastic, especially for like commander players. But even like if you have any kind of large game, card game, it feels like it'd be a much better stored solution. Like if, for example, something like, I don't know, Legendary <laughs> or... Uh, any of your deck building games where they give you too many expansions, this could be something to look into, at least for if you're going to transport it. So I thought it just looked really nice. And as someone who plays way too many trading card games, dang it. You remember when I said, I'm not backing stuff now. <laughs> this is, this is only $30. I think uh, that's for the, uh, uh, no, that's for a play mat. Is for thirty dollars. Uh, oh, one play. Man. Oh no, wait, twenty five. Sorry for one of the uh, jigs. Yes, cool. and you just want the uh, the cool box. Yeah. Wow, and then what's uh, sixty? A twelve pod cube bundle. So I guess so that's, that's like, all the. That's more the smaller boxes for your quote unquote packs. Oh, you don't need it. Good. You don't need it. You is don't it? need it. As, as stated, this podcast is, is not responsible for any loss of money from your wallet. Well, so here's the thing. Um, no, because I was looking for a storage solution. And uh, in our Discord channel, somebody re recommended a uh, storage solution for ball cards. It's on Amazon. It's like $54. Uh, I need to transfer all my Arkham Horror cards to another device or product or storage unit mm, yeah and this is this this something like this would work um so yeah i was looking for a storage solution for arkham horror basically yeah i what i have for that is uh i bought these like trading it was like for any kind of trading cards and i almost want to call them drawers mm. they're like the the shoe box uh, i don't know if you've ever seen these the shoe box lines like they come usually come in like one two three four Instead, this has single ones, but it, they're all in drawers. So I have like, these are all my investigator cards. These are uh, for the, the first cycle. This is for whatever. And it just like, it's slowly growing. And I just, after the last cycle, been like, um, I'm starting to hit that point. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of Arkham Horror. Uh, yeah, there is. And, and I had mine in the, the Hobby Lobby case. Mm -hmm. And basically it's, it's how I work out now uh, because the thing is such a beast to, to carry around. So uh, I will share with you. It's called the it's the BCW thirty two hundred collectible card bin from Amazon. It's uh it's fifty four. It's yeah fifty bucks, and it holds up to thirty two hundred loose cards. Ooh, I'm gonna look that up right now and put it on my Amazon list. 
All right. We're getting all kinds of good product recommendations. <laughs> so today. many wallets. <laughs> it's like the cry of a thousand bank accounts. Uh, so, so this project in question is Cuba Majigs and uh, Series 2. And yeah, as we said, we're only 25 bucks for one of those boxes. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Pretty good stuff. All right. Uh, so those are your yeah. picks. I have one pick left. <laughs> Uh, and there's one on the list I do want to talk about after your pick, please, sir. I know what it's going to be. I bet. Go ahead. Oh, you For know, sure. you know what it is. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe, maybe I'll say it. I don't know. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one that I got to talk about uh, because I've backed their games before and I'm a big fan is this game called Funny Pages, which is from a company called the Enigma Emporium. They have done all these different series of puzzle-based postcards. And essentially the way that would work is you'd get a series of postcards. It just looks like at a glance, like a normal postcard. Uh, But when you look at it, you read the message, look at the picture. There are all kinds of strange puzzles and uh, like things you had to decipher on it. And they would add up to a story. And then they also made a great set of playing cards that it looks like a normal deck of playing cards. But that too, when you look at every card, there are puzzles to solve on it. Really creative, really fun. I have really enjoyed them all. And this new game is called Funny Pages. And this one is, I think, really their biggest, I I think, most ambitious project they've done. And the premise of it is that a cartoonist has gone missing. And you are trying to figure out what happened to them and where they are through clues they leave in their newspaper comics. So it's a series of uh, newspaper comics that, again, just look like one panel cartoons with a little punchline on the bottom, like you're like a far side, like that kind of a thing uh, drawn by, you know, an actual cartoonist, a friend of the designer, but within each comic, there is a puzzle to solve. And if you can figure out what date they're from and organize them and uh, figure out all the clues, you will win the game and understand what happened to them and so on. I, I love this concept. It's really fun. I love how they keep finding new ways to, to hide puzzles in things. It's a really neat uh, game system. And the comics just kind of look funny on their own. Like They're not like nonsensical. It actually makes sense as a comic in addition to having a puzzle in it. So I'm excited for this one. It's uh, 56 bucks. Uh, actually, that's, for, uh, that's if you want the extra uh, add-on pack. The, the, just the core is $49 for funny pages. I don't know if you guys are into like any kind of these escape rooms or anything like that, mm-hmm. but these, these really do it in a way I enjoy. Yeah. And it's funny. The art reminds me a little bit of uh, far side. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It looks, they definitely have taken some inspiration, I think from uh, a few different newspaper comics, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, well, what's interesting is it's different. That's to me, when you look at something like well, what would separate it from the crowd, you said you've backed some of these other games. I mean, it's it's got its goal it's just barely passing its goal but still you know six days to go with this or five days to go when this releases i mean you know it's different than what you're used to playing in games so that's a that's interesting yeah yeah i definitely i recommend uh, looking them up if uh any of that sounds like just try one of their postcard sets or something they're they're cool all right so what was the project the other one you wanted to talk about well uh for for me and marty's dead on which one was it marty uh, the Assassin's Creed. There you go. Orlog. Mm, okay, the dice yeah. game. I can play it in the game. 
<laughs> but, yes, this but, is this is based on the dice game from uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Absolutely, and I understand people want. I mean, what is it up to half a million now or something insane mm-hmm. like that? Oh yeah, six hundred thousand. I see. Oh my god. Plus, yeah. Okay, so for those of you who've never played Orlog because you didn't play Assassin's Creed Valhalla, there's an easy way to win. There's a way to beat the game. You just, I'll admit it's dice and it's random, but it depends on who gets the coin flip. So when I think of that, I'm thinking I'm beating the AI and maybe when I play a real person, they'll do better than the computer, but a computer is smarter than me. So I'm not really sure here, you know? So, so I'm kind of tainted when I look at this thinking I, it's something I have to do to get part of Ubisoft's microtransactions. Why would I bring <laughs> it outside of the game? <laughs> Yeah, will have you played Assassin's Creed Valhalla or no? No, I after was it not Origin uh, Odyssey? I was I, I I'm I think I'm I'm done with Assassin's Creed for a while. And, and why are you done with it? it? What was it too big? Uh, I I didn't I don't love the ship mechanics, and they seem to really be going like that's our thing. And I I don't I just wasn't having fun with the expansions of the story, and I'm like eh, it's. It's big. It feels a lot more smaller tasks. I'm not as... There's some other open world games where I have fun running around and I wasn't. I felt like I was more checkmarking boxes off. So I'll see if they go somewhere maybe a bit more interesting or weird. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That might catch my eye. But yeah, I'm just... Uh, need a break, I guess. No, I understand that. And this is my first Ascension Creed, uh, Assassin's Creed Ascension. Wow. <laughs> uh, Assassin's Creed game. So for me, it was the perfect thing for me because of the Vikings. And I, I have no backstory. So I don't have a clue what this f- freaking simulator is that keeps popping up in the middle of my game. <laughs> and I and don't compared really... to, yeah, Will is, I, have you played pretty much every mainline one right up until i did not play the the french one and the one that was with that but yeah i played i played a a majority of them so i have a and even then it's sort of like kingdom hearts where it's like oh you want to know the lore well there was a phone game and also a facebook (laughs) game there's also a comic movie that was released back that you like you have to like solve the puzzle to actually find what else, what's actually been happening in the world and stuff. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm sitting the first time this thing happened. Am I in the Matrix? What the hell? What's going on? A little bit. It's a little bit that. That's kind of how it is in the first game too. I mean, that's kind of how they introduce it to you. So uh, your experience might not be that that different. And so welcome to Rolling Dice and Taking Names where we completely squirrel you over to something else. <laughs> I love it. It's great. Well, maybe this, uh, maybe the dice version, I mean, I don't. I haven't looked at it at all. I haven't played the game either. Uh, maybe they've changed it. They've a- adapted the rules so it's better. I, it's it's got to be the AI. It's just, uh, it, it's the same game. So who knows? But did you, mm. did you check out, um, I think on your list, did you check out a, uh, what is it? Distillery distill? Is that on here? Oh, is that on here? Uh, I don't, I, th- I think that was on our, I think we had that in the running last week. Didn't talk ah, about it though. Okay. Very good. But, um, but uh, you can talk about it for sure. If you want to, No, yeah. that's okay. Let's move on. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know it was very successful, so it's something people might want to look at too. Yeah, all right, a lot of good. Uh, there was there was definitely some interesting stuff in Kickstarter this week. I thought a good a, a good week for sure. I mean, there's also an on, on Mars expansion. I'm sure people are going to be mm-hmm. excited about that. 
Um, we we did a we did a preview on our YouTube channel for this uh, game Death Roads All Stars. People could check that out as well. So there's no shortage of ways for you to spend your money. Correct. <laughs> but I guess I'll also say um, uh, the caveat to that: just kind of you might want to just be careful right now, or or just like set your expectations lower because. As we've been talking about with the increase in freight shipping and everything, everybody's been having, everyone's been struggling. So we might just start seeing longer times or more expensive games out there in Kickstarter, or at least for shipping. Uh, so it'll be interesting. But I'm sure we'll keep talking about it. Yeah, the first time someone backs a Kickstarter and then the shipping part of the pledge comes in and it's more than the Kickstarter pledge of the game, uh, we'll hear about that one. <laughs> <laughs> we sure will. Uh, but now we're going to hear about the games we've been playing in our own lives. It's time for Table Talk. I don't know my guys. Table Talk. Table Talk. Table Talk. Yeah, that's right. That's Table Talk time. So... Marty and Tony, Tony and Marty, <laughs> what games have the two of you been playing recently, either perhaps together or separately? I don't know that you want to share with us. Go ahead, Marty. Kick, kick us off. Uh, I'll kick off one that uh, y'all just recently did a review on because I'm trying to play it as much as I can whenever I have a chance, and that's Vampire the Masquerade Rivals. Mm. Um, I, uh, uh, saw your review and, uh, in your final points, your, your crits and misses, uh, you had, uh, the exact same points for the, uh, crits and misses that I had, I mean, down to a T. So <laughs> what I'm saying is Love somehow it. we need to get together and play some rivals. It oh, sounds absolutely. like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. T- tell us more about it. So, or, or remind me uh, what we said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it sounds like us. Okay. Um, so uh, the big thing I liked about uh, Vampire Masquerade Rivals is we were big fans of Netrunner uh, because mm-hmm. there was this element of, you know, bluffing and it was more than just attacking each other. Right. So I was excited about a game that wasn't just about attacking. And so when you have these, you know, the, the political aspects of the game uh, where you can sh- spend influence to try to, um, you know, ch- change the game or, you know, uh, what's it called? It's conspiracies and schemes yeah. uh, that you try to get into play. So you're not attacking anybody at that point. You're just trying to get a card into play to possibly change the game. Uh, the middle row, I think, is really interesting where it's kind of affecting everybody. You have those units that come out and everybody takes damage. And it's like, are you going to be the one that wastes your time to go out there and take care of it? Or are you just going to soak up the damage? So you got that city deck that's constantly... Uh, having to to be dealt with and in a four-player game i love the concept of a rival where everybody has one particular rival you have to take them out you don't want to take out anybody else so what that does is that eliminates the pile on uh, because if you take out somebody else's rival then the person whose rival that was gets points so it's right. uh, it, it's just really clever and your your one miss and i totally agree with this too was in a two-player game, you lose that political intrigue, which is 100% true. So it's cool in multiplayer game of like, hey, do you want to come in on this little scheme over here? You know, do you want to be a part of this or a conspiracy, whichever one it is? And you really don't get that uh, with the two-player game. So, yeah, I, I just think it's very clever. And it's funny, I read a review today of somebody that hated the game, hated it. It's like, I don't get it. It's you, <laughs> it's, it's like you have this world and I wanted to come in and it didn't tell me a story at all. It's like, what were you expecting? 
it's not meant to tell you a story. It's it's a game. If you want to play the RPG, play an RPG. Anyway, the points they made, I thought, well, I, I think they were expecting to pl- sit and play and get into this world and have all this lore come alive. And it's like, not really. I guess if you nearly know that world, you maybe you recognize characters and stuff like that. But it, it, it's sort of weird because I would argue I I did sort of get that mm. because we're we're getting with the you know, there's obviously these groups and you can feel like oh that's the one that's totally just going around and just punching people you know like and like the scheming and discussion because I, I imagine if we were playing the whether the RPGs or anything like that you're sort of are doing that if you're part of what whatever clan you're probably like oh I am gonna just be a murder hobo or maybe I am gonna be the politician. This reminds so, me of uh, when we talk about Red Rising. <laughs> it's just, and uh, I, I don't, yeah, I don't have a problem with Vampire Masquerade Rivals. I think uh, the 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 presentation of it is is good, but yeah, I, I remember Red Rising. I I said it's not like immersive enough, and Will said, "No, I get the sense I, of what the, who these characters are." I, like I'm very easily distracted. <laughs> well, I think it's it's almost. I think maybe t- there's a subtle difference in what. Uh, you're seeing like mm-hmm. this person I'm imagining, they probably wanted more of like the flavor text, like something like, the yeah, like more and... immersive as we've, we've have as uh, Jason Perez has said on the, on our show before, or um versus like, yeah, you get like, Oh, this character likes this, but is that like, does that count as a story? I guess. I, Fair you know, enough. Not. Now, but but think... I said, that said, I didn't have that problem with the game. So <laughs> I am curious. Cause you you said you've been playing it a lot. I'm curious. Have you tried a lot with Clan Venture? I think that's how you said it. Venture. Venture. Sorry. Because uh, that was definitely the one we've, at least in all our places, seem to have the, the hardest time, I guess, for, for people. Uh, so I have made a Ventru and Toreador combo deck. And it does okay. I'm still tweaking it and playing it and stuff like that. But yeah, so I think that I can't, uh, the Ventru, I can't remember what they're really good at, but it's, it's the, not necessarily. The whole thing were titles. I think. Oh, that's it. Yeah, so yes, my deck is based on titles. So my whole goal is to get titles and I put in the correct havens and everything like that. So every time I attach a title, I get two points. So basically I'm trying not to fight at all and just keep attaching titles. But I need to tweak my deck because I need to be able to have some defensive cards to play when people come after me. So that's where I need to tweak it some, but yeah, I've actually been playing that and enjoying it. So I like the little sneaky stuff like that, as opposed to the in your face bruja, which is basically just right. going to come and punch you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, so I'm glad you're digging it. And I, I like that you're working with the, the extra cards and doing some deck building. Cause we didn't really do much of that. And uh, I, I haven't heard anything about, like a timeline or schedule for new releases, but you'd think they probably want those to start happening sooner rather than later. If they, if they're, I don't know if they're going to try to make this as frequent a thing as the fantasy flight LCGs, or if it'll maybe be like a few times a year, a new set or something, but they actually wonder if they were like unsure how they're going to do it because especially now with fancy fight, then the changes they made to Arkham horror card game, bring coming back around to that. Mm. Like were they if like we don't really want to do small packs, we don't do the big box, but the other games like that. But now that they've seen Arkham, are they going to be like, oh, let's let's just do big box? That's so much easier. Well, you so uh, coming out in it's either August or September, they have the next two uh, gangs coming out or clans coming out. Okay, um, right. It's going to be uh, looking at it now. It's going to be uh, Tremere and Thin Bloods. So you can pre-order that right now on their website or online. So yeah, th- those two are coming quick, and they're going to uh, 
Gen Con, they're going to do their first big tournament where the uh, Prince of the City tournament, uh, or basically where they have these tournaments at each city. So there's like special play mats for Indianapolis. So whoever wins is basically the prince of that city. So they get all this swag and stuff like that because they won the tournament there. And they're going to do that in other cities around too. So uh, yes, the expansions out there can be pre-order right now. And they're really starting to crank up on the organized play, which if you know, if you follow any card games, you know, the only way a card game, miniature game, et cetera, will survive if it has solid organized play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's good to hear that they're they're working on it. I'm I'm definitely interested. I I don't know. I mean, you have the the game in your possession right now. Will are you? Do you think that you will like be buying these new expansions and getting into it? Because I did love the game, but I usually get you know uh, tired out by the whole collecting and deck building aspect. Uh, as as I bring up another card game when we go to my games, I do not. So I'd say there's a very high chance. <laughs> I don't know if I'll pre-order it, but I might like when I'm like, oh, uh, like I walk around junk. I'm like, oh, I'll pick this up now because uh, I mean, like I said in the review, uh, I compared it a lot to the Game of Thrones card game, which one of our friends is obsessed with. Mm-hmm. So this just seems like such a natural. Oh, I'll do this and make decks and he'll be so excited to play this because the same kind of political intrigue, <laughs> except and he also you might, like it, too. He also might be like, but I want to play Game of Thrones. <laughs> I already but spent mine $400 has, mine comes on with it. new stuff. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's always a struggle. Uh, well, we'll see what happens. All right, so that that's good. So that's Vampire the Masquerade Rivals. What else have you guys been playing? Whoever wants to take it, take it. I will definitely take it. Kicking it over. Sorry, I was leaning back in the chair there, <laughs> listening to Marty go <laughs> no, on. No, we're about all just, vampires. We're getting comfortable here. Yes, yeah, relaxing. And so, uh, one game that we um, talked about on Roll, Rolling Dice and Taking Names is um, Gravwell Second Edition came out. And Corey Young, Renegade, uh, updated it. And did you gentlemen ever play the first edition? We didn't, no. I think we have a copy of the new one, though, and haven't tried it yet. So tell us what we're in store for. You are in store for a very light game, but you're going to be one of those games where it's quick to set up, quick to teach, quick to understand, and you'll be like, let's do it again because of the dynamics of it, of being able to try to escape the void, the the black hole, whatever you want to call it, you're racing to get out of its grasp. And based on the cards you're playing, you play one card, each player simultaneously plays a card, and you will then move out from the center. But due to the gravity forces will determine how you move. And when you move is based on um, the alphabet. You're going by the you know a b c d whoever plays the highest letter gets to go and that is the game for some for such a simple mechanism and concept i love the game it is an absolute blast there's a card draft so that's a checkbox for me you're doing card drafting very strategic in that as you think through it like oh that card has a lot of movement to it but do I really want that because it's low in the alphabet? Or, oh, wait, that one has a special ability to it. Maybe I need to do that. Oh, but if I am able to do this, I'll be able to activate various special powers of my ship if I achieve this goal. So a lot of strategy in the draft. And then the simultaneous play, when you're laying down the card, a ship will move, and whichever ship you're closer to, you will move towards it. So if the closer ship happens to be behind you, you're moving backwards and that may adjust everything. So you're kind of, so that flip of the card 
suddenly you can just see it in everyone's face. Love Gravwell second edition. Get it to the table. All right. Well, we've been given our mission. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it, Marty, you, you and I both, we enjoyed it. We, we, Corey, um, you know, it was one of the first games I've picked up at Gen Con. I mean, you do it better justice than I as far as the rules. Is Did I miss any of the main concepts there to help sell these guys? Is Why is this game still in shrink wrap? <laughs> no, it's, I mean, it's a solid game. It's very tense. I mean, there, you got that tension of when you flip over a card, it's like, is somebody going to screw me up? And uh, lots of times they will. You think you're going to be going one way and all of a sudden, oops, you're going the other way. So it's just, it's a solid, solid game. First off, I feel a little bit called out for it because I have a bad tendency to not open up things right away. <laughs> Jonathan yells at me for that. Second, I, you already saw it because I, some there are certain games that just become so great because it's those moments when everyone's eyes sort of bulge out because of something silly hat goes on. And mm-hmm. just that simultaneous reveal just sounds like the hilarious thing where you're like, I just imagine being like, oh, I'll, I'll put a K down. Mm-hmm. It'll be all right. And then they put down like an M and an O and you're just like, I'm going first. Yeah. What? <laughs> Absolutely. And you're like, I, you shouldn't have, I saw you draft that one. Why are you not playing that card? <laughs> And it's that back and forth of, okay, I know that person still has that in their hand if you can, you know, do the card counting type mechanism, but you're absolutely right. It's one of those things. And then by them adding or enhancing with these special ship powers, certain things will change in the game. But even if you suddenly are heading backwards, you can always do an emergency stop and you get to play it once per round. So that's a key element that they left into the game that I think is very necessary. And sometimes you're like, oh man, do I want to take the risk? And sometimes being at the back of the pack is helpful. So a lot of stuff, and it can support up to six now. So that, that's key too. So a lot of very interesting mechanics come into play, but yeah, Gravwell second edition. Uh, so it definitely game. sounds like you second edition is a, is an improvement you feel. Oh yeah. Uh, the only problem that it has is like my first edition has Star Trek uh, micro machines in it. That's the only thing oh. they could have done to make it even better. <laughs> maybe that for is a high expansion. bar to beat <laughs> there you go awesome yeah well it sounds great it sounds right up our alley so uh we will we will make that happen and report back on your recommendation uh anything else you got for us scott i'm sure there's something Am I, am I wrong? So, sorry, we're used to the editing breaks and things like that. We're just, you know, oh, Marty, where do you want to go to next? Oh, I don't know. Hold on. I'll, let me just cut that out. Okay. We're not used to this live. I'm sorry. Action. I thought I thought y'all were going to mention some of y'all's games. So I thought y'all were talking back and forth to each other. So uh, I'm, I'm my bad. I mean, I can. it's confusing because there's, there's four of us. None of us are looking at each other. <laughs> I didn't say anyone's names. So, <laughs> uh, and yeah, that's again, ours comes out faster because uh, we're very unprofessional. No. <laughs> No, 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 no. I, I do have a question I see on the I can ask a question about a game that y'all have on y'all's list. We have yeah, a copy please. We have a copy of Terraforming Mars Ares Expedition uh, Expedition uh still in shrink because <laughs> I thought it was just an expansion to the base game. I didn't realize it was a standalone game. And so when we got it, I told Tony, it's like, I don't even have the base game. What am I supposed to do with this? And then I find out, oh, it's its own game. So how is that game? Wait a minute, uh, hold well, on. I have the base game, and you didn't even... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we do have the base game. So we could have played it, but I didn't need to because it's not an expansion to the base game. So there you go. Glad we settled that. 
Yeah. Well, well, well. What are we- yeah, I guess so. I, I want to be clear. The I the copy I have is the one that's at Target. This is not the Kickstarter one that has like double layer boards and stuff. Which I think that the primary difference, from what I can tell, is dual layer player boards and there's some promo cards. And no, I think there's token containers. Oh, there's but like better I, storage. Yes. Yeah. But, but the, uh, we should mention the promo cards are not Kickstarter exclusives. Like I think you can pick those up like at conventions or something. I'm still not totally sure if they're going to be selling the the a version like the Kickstarter one later at other yes, retail stores. That I don't know. But, but the Target one is different. Yes. Anyway. It's designed <laughs> to be a little cheaper. Um, I obviously we need to do more, and I am gonna actually be playing the solo version on a Twitch tomorrow. So if tonight wants to check that out. Oh, right. Tonight. I'm oh, sorry. Wednesday. I was thinking of on recording. Wednesday. I got scared. I was like, wait, I'm, I'm in the middle of the podcast, Jonathan. I can't be doing that right now. <laughs> no, no. We're time traveling right now. Oh, man. But uh, I guess I'm unclear, and I don't know if I can finally say whether this is worth owning both Terraforming Mars and this. It mm-hmm. really does just feel a lot like there's the, it doesn't have the area control that terraforming Mars has one could argue it's quicker. Um, I don't know if it's quick enough to be like, Oh, this is so much faster than terraforming Mars. I feel like you're, you're still in it for a good meaty game with lots of symbols. So question mm-hmm. is it being on target shelves generally means it's more accessible for people to, to pick up, learn. And what the way you're talking, you're not selling it as that. I do think it is not in the it's I still feel like it's on the heavier end of the game, but what it does is if you've ever played regular Terraforming Mars, I do think there are a lot of ways there's ideas about, oh, do I hold on to this card or do I give it up? Because to hold on to cards costs uh, credits. Yeah, that's what they call the money in that game. And there's a lot more of like having to play certain cards, and there are cards that are like Eat, like predator that eats other people's animals and stuff. This does feel a lot more like you're all playing a solo game together. Mm-hmm. Like there's not nearly as much interaction. The big interaction is, which is definitely, I think one of the more interesting components you have, uh, what would you call it? Not round cards, phases, like phase, phases, phases, cards. And each of you secretly pick one to play and you reveal. And those are the only phases you go through. So if I chose the resource phase, like generating resources, and so did Jonathan, well, that means we're both doing that. And if everyone chose that, that's the only thing that's happening that round. So there's a lot more of like, oh, I really need to play a green card this turn because that only happens during the green card phase. And you don't get that card back till the next round afterwards. So you can't play two in a row. So sometimes you have to try to hope that someone else plays them. Right. But everybody nearly... does the phase, even if you didn't play it, everybody does it. But if you're the yes. one who played the card, you'd get a little bit of a bonus. So it, it really feels like it. I don't dumb down feels like not the right way to say it, but it feels a lot friendlier in terms of just there's no taking turns. It's just like, OK, this is the phases. Everyone do your thing for phase one. All right. Now we're going on the phase three because because Will played that card. Everyone do your phase three thing. There's like a couple weird interactions which are interesting, but they've made it friendly, I would say. It's it's a friendlier version, I think would be more, not a simpler one. All right. So um yeah. So I mean I'll talk I'll talk a little bit about this game. So Terraforming Mars, the original one, 
is one of my favorite games ever. I think it was both on of ours, both yeah. of our top 20 lists, if I recall. I could be wrong about that. Might not have been on either of them, but I feel like it was in the running. <laughs> and um, so, you know, I, I, I like that game a lot. And this, yeah, I was not very impressed with Ares Expedition. I'm confused a little bit by who exactly it's for, because I don't think that it's, like you're saying, it's not that much simpler than Terraforming Mars. Like, even though it's on target shelves, it's still pretty complex. And it certainly isn't that much shorter. I mean, depending on your group and your familiarity with it, you might be shaving off an hour, but it's still, I mean, it took our first play. And to be fair, we're very slow every all the time. And it was our first time playing, but it was over two hours for our game. And a terrifying Mars game, I would say, is maybe could be between two and three. Uh, so it's like not that different. And uh, I, yeah, a lot of basically, I just felt like I was playing a version of Terraforming Mars without some of the stuff that I love about Terraforming Mars. I also had an experience with this that I have heard a lot of people complain about the original Terraforming Mars that now I don't know if I've just been lucky that I haven't experienced it or for some reason it never hit me as hard was drawing cards. You know, the whole game is drawing the right cards that you need. And I just had so many cards early on that I couldn't play were too expensive or that didn't help me. And it seemed like other people just happened to be getting cards that were really good. And their engine was up and running real quick. And I was kind of struggling. And part of that is, you know, again, this is we only played it the one time. So as you go, I'm sure you'd get smarter about which cards you want and which ones you want to look for. But uh, I, I, I felt a little burned by this one. I wasn't, I wasn't thrilled with it. Oh, that's because here's the thing. I don't play people absolutely love terraforming Mars, but for me, it stays on the table too long. The setup and everything like it's just got, and it's just a little too long for me. So I was, I mean, you said it's maybe cuts an hour off, which is good. Uh, uh that sounds encouraging. Um, I guess I just need to try it. I guess I just need to open up and try yeah, it. I think if you, especially if you don't really like terraforming Mars, I think there's a very good chance you will like this more. Okay. And it's been, I, it's yeah. been years since I've played it. And one of the th- reasons why I don't sit down when, when someone does is not so much that is the people that have, they know all the card oh, combinations yeah. and that, and that you can get decimated as a new player. And mm-hmm. that, that's no fun. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, Luckily uh, for myself, and I think John the Clue, we tend to, since there's so many games we just forget, <laughs> until maybe like, oh, there's these cute penguins. I forgot about this card. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Being bad at games helps. Um, uh, I do want to make a couple, if you're going to do a couple quick points, because this is probably one thing that bothered everyone. Uh, there is technically a, whatever, the, the TR tracker, the score tracker that goes around the board. Find something else. It's small. You're going to knock cubes around. You'd be like, wait, was I here or here? There's yeah, got to be a better way for that. And, and, and it still takes up table space. Don't and, to be and same for the dual and the lack of dual layer boards in this target edition. It's just, you know, you had the same issue with base terraforming Mars with cubes just potentially getting knocked around. You forget what was where. It's so comfortable. There were a lot of weird iconography things too, where it was like, a card will have a symbol that means your income increases. And it also says on the card, your income is increased. So you have a card to remind you and you also have a tracker that tells you. 
And it's like, it's not the most confusing thing in the world, but there's a lot of these little interactions that feel like they're either redundant or just not quite as clear as they could be that added up to kind of a bad time. And I also, and then there's also the issue of the cards, (laughs) the cards in the game. Some of them are cut to different sizes and they're all part of one deck. Hmm? And I have read on board game geek, people have said they have sent in for replacement cards and received cards that were still cut different sizes as replacements. So there's some kind of factory issue. So if you plan on playing this a lot, I recommend sleeving them if that's something that bothers you. Okay. But I feel like there's a lot of things with this game that I don't know. It feels like they cut some corners, unfortunately. So just as I was selling Gravwell, y'all are definitely selling this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I do think, I don't, I feel like I'm being pretty mean to it, but Part of that, I think, is because I like Terraforming Mars so much. And I maybe if you come into this without that baggage, if it's your first time with that game system, you wouldn't feel that. To me, it feels kind of less than. And maybe I'm being too hard on it and I need to play it again. But yeah, it wasn't a great first experience. I don't know. Okay. But well, hey, if you've got a copy, try it. Try it. Okay. Well, staying on the theme of Martians, Jonathan. The thing you have listed here. Are was, you hosting the show now? Because you're doing you're doing a better yeah, job. Yeah, it I does know. sound like it. He's just Tony will just take over. That's how it is at games night. All right, people, let's go. We're going to do this now. We're going to do this. Hey, I have. Uh, uh, we've got something we need to get done. Let's stay on task, people. Let's go. You've yeah, got man. you've got a segue, and you you grabbed it. Well, well of course, <laughs> it was right there. Why would you not grab it? Oh my gosh! But I was going to, of course. <clears throat> You know, first Martians that you're going to be talking about, uh, Marty and I got to play the prototype of that. So tell us about your first Martians experience. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> wow. so first Martians. Thank yes, you, Marty. From, from, uh, from Portal Games, this uh, is from a few years back, and it's a sci-fi game similar to Terraforming Mars a little bit in concept. You're cooperating in this one, and you're trying to make life livable on Mars. And it's a little bit based on the Robinson Crusoe system, if people are familiar with that, but it uses an app. So you're trying to maintain all these systems with cubes and feed everybody uh, while you're exploring the planet. And uh, you are, it's kind of a worker placement thing. So everyone's uh, choosing their actions, what they need to do in order to keep all your systems operational and oxygen up and survive the trip. And we, we've played this before, but this is, it's been on my shelf for so long. We have, we have one friend who always, uh, looks at it and has wanted to do the uh, the campaign mode of it that we've never tried. So finally, I, I looked over the rules a little bit before game night, and I was like, "All right, we'll we'll do it. We'll have a group of four. I know you've wanted to play it." And uh, we played just the first scenario of the first campaign included. And this is definitely one of those games that you should play a couple times and make sure you remember all the rules before (laughs) you uh, start a campaign of it. Uh, We, we lost uh, the the mission. uh, Although we did, we didn't do terribly. We did lose at the end. And we also kind of tried to cheat a little and still lost. uh, I I must admit. Uh, And so, so that was, that was kind of a bummer, but uh, I will say that by the end of it, uh, I, I was, wrapping my head around it i i do i did enjoy my time with it and i i I wish we were able to more consistently have ourselves play through it and get familiarized with the rules i'm I'm interested to see where the campaign goes and you know i think this this game has gotten a lot of flack uh just generally especially about its rule book Mm -hmm. 
uh, which, you know, we, uh, we experienced a little bit of, they actually did publish a new, you can get it online, like a kind of an updated format rule book for it, which is very nice, but I like the systems in it. And the, the app itself is also really strong. I love the save game function, but for the campaign that we used for the first time where you actually have a 3d model of the board, almost like a tabletop simulator on your phone and you position all the cubes and everything. So you will look at that next time you open the game and know exactly where everything was. Uh, that, that's kind of a cool functionality. Um, wh- what was your experience with it like, Will? I'm going to be honest. I would be more than happy for that to stay on the shelf. Oh, man. You know, Ignacy's might be coming on the show next week, so you, you better be careful. <laughs> he, he Look, I love a lot of his games. This is not one of them. Fair I was enough. really happy to just be like, look, I can just put my two workers there, and I do. I don't know. I just... I, I just couldn't connect I, I, at all. I, I just feel like there's so many weird things going on and everything wrong was going on. And then, yeah, it's a, I, it's a game where you are punished. I, I just, <laughs> and I didn't know why sometimes I was just like, okay. And like, can we heat repair this or not? I wasn't sure. I felt like we were sort of just like, yeah, we'll just go with that. <laughs> Yeah, well, there you was know, definitely, I, just, I mean, a lot of, I, I would put part of that blame on ourselves. It's like we were, in some respects, learning the game as we, as we went, or remembering parts of the game as we went. True. I don't know. It just, it never, the, like you said at the end, it seemed to like start really clicking for you. It, it, I didn't get that. Yeah, I could tell while we were playing. <laughs> I could tell that you were not really into it. Uh, but uh, what, what, Marty and Tony, what about you guys? Have you, have you done the first Martians? It's been, uh, we played it. I mean, besides so, the prototype, yeah, obviously. So, yeah. so, so many years ago. Um, I, I really don't have much to say, but I, I, I kind of ran the same thing y'all did. The, the rule book is kind of, you know, tough to get through and learn everything like that. Um, of course, first time we learned it, we were sitting down with the designer, which made life a whole lot easier uh, <laughs> uh, when we did that. But um, for me personally, between First Martians and Robinson Crusoe, if I'm going to look for that co-op punishing experience, I'll probably always go Robinson Crusoe. Oh, I oh, definitely agree. I definitely agree with I, that. No problem. I love Robinson Crusoe. Like, I'm just trying so, to give you a way to save yourself. That's all. Yeah, well, see, looking at it <laughs> from you. this standpoint, what is it that happened from Robinson to First Martian? Was it the implementation of the app? But here's a true story, gentlemen. So when we sat down with Ignacy and <laughs> to do this, um, we were playing through the game and we won. And he mm-hmm. looked at us, I swear, he looked at us and said, there's something wrong with the game. Y'all aren't that good. <laughs> yep. <laughs> there's no way y'all should have won that easy. Something yep. along those lines. It's been years, but he basically... And he wasn't being mean. He was being honest. He knows us, and he knew that there was no reason why these two fools from North Carolina should have beat my game like they did. Yeah, he said it was honestly. Oh, yeah. He said it was just. He said it's too easy. I need to need to tweak it. So uh, we're sorry. <laughs> no, uh, I, I'm pretty sure I would be in the same boat. He, if I get even close to him, he'd be like, "You, you should have died turn two. <laughs> I've seen you play." Yeah, I, I think the big difference between First Martians and Robinson. Uh, because I, I, Robinson Crusoe also I, I got a lot of similar criticisms of the rule book and it being punishingly difficult at times. I think, and maybe this is maybe what hurts it for you, Will, is Robinson Crusoe has, has a ton of theme. And even when you're dying, 
you're like exploring and finding wild animals and building tools. And First Martians has a lot of theme too, but I feel like also when you look at the board compared to Robinson Crusoe, it kind of looks like an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> and it's a lot of like, mm. I need to flip this switch from green to red to make this system work, to make yeah, that system work. And, and part of it too is, and I guess this sort of relates, and Robinson, I'm like, okay, the this is damaged. We need wood because you build the walls out of wood. And then it's like, all right, we have a malfunction here. What do we do? Oh, that's not something you can repair. You can repair this. I, I, I just didn't feel like I, I couldn't, I, because I don't know why I'm doing something. It just seemed like I was like, all right, they, they need, someone needs to go to the action spot. I can do that. Hmm. So, you know. so from a thematic standpoint, oh, look, the tiger is mauling my face. That's cool. Oh, I don't have enough oxygen to live. I don't feel that thing. I got you. I'm with you. I, I wish that was one of our problems. <laughs> I would get the oxygen and food. That was the thing I was like, okay, I can get the idea that that module turns off. Gotcha. But it was like other things going on, like, oh, wait, we need spare parts. Which ones? And I just remember asking, like, which one? And you're like, okay, we just need these two. Like, you and our other friends seem to be on, on like, just walking the rest of us along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, maybe that's part of the I, – I think a big part of it is – knowing having the layout in your head and everything but mm -hmm. yeah i'm not giving up on it i mean i like i said i you know it's it has its flaws for sure but i there's a lot of things that i like and i even if i have to solo it and i might like that more even how <laughs> i do want to experience all this campaign stuff in, in that I, game. i'm easily bribed even though i say i don't like game you bring it to you i'll be like okay i'm in yeah but i don't want to have to play it with you if you're if you're not having fun <laughs> like that's well, gonna make me have less fun <laughs> maybe i just need another go now that i know the rules Nah, you had your chance all right <laughs> then again we were all in death store like with one wound left <laughs> so we've just we've just uh um, talked bad about a couple games in a row any games we want to talk about that that we enjoyed and also uh i want to check in with our guests and uh make sure you like don't have anywhere to go because <laughs> we were running our mouths a lot <laughs> uh but we're happy to keep talking if, you, if you're happy to hang out with us does, does having to pee count i mean what's going on <laughs> <laughs> we can always take a bathroom break or you can just run off. <laughs> no, I'm good. When Tony starts talking, I may disappear. So there you go. Cause I've already heard everything he has to say. <laughs> well, see, but I, I, I was watching the time I've deleted my game off the show notes, but I'm happy. I'll, I'll quickly mention one that my wife and I got to the table that have you ever played fast sloths by um, strong from stronghold no. freedom freeze? No. Uh, so in this game, you are the character of a sloth, all right? And your action is you need to go collect your leaves from your particular trees because, of course, your trees are color-coded to your sloth. Makes sense in the jungle, right? Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Of course it does. And, <laughs> but it just so happens all the other sloths, their trees are next to your trees as well. But that's okay. But your sloths, because... If you were to go as a sloth and try to collect all these leaves across the board, it would take this. You thought you thought First Martian was going too long or Terraforming Mars was going long. Just think how long a sloth would take to collect eight leaves. Oh, my God. This game would go forever. <laughs> so the object of the game is to use the animals of the jungle to help you collect these. And these animals, you will be drawing cards from during your turn. And then you may play a particular animal because when you draw the cards you may never draw the same animal you can draw three so you can draw an elephant an ant and say a human that's an animal and you put those in your hand 
But when you play to help you move, you want the elephant to help you move, you have to play all uh, elephant cards and there'll be movement values on them. So you're sitting there trying to move an elephant around to come pick you up and carry you the lazy fast sloth across the board to get you to a tree. And that's really the concept of the game. There's a lot of strategy in which cards to draft. Um, the animals all have various powers that allow them to do certain things on their movements. They also have some limitations on the various lands that they can cross. So you have to factor that in. You have to be able to transfer your sloth from one area to the next. All these things come into play, and it's a very unique concept to help you try to achieve a very simple pick-up-and-deliver mechanism. That's really what this game boils down to. The, the challenge, though, is when my wife and I played, it was just the two of us. So there wasn't a lot of interaction, a lot of drawing. But I can see where if you were to ramp this up to four players, there can be a lot of hate movement. And when I use that word, I'm saying like, oh, I really haven't set myself up to move myself, but I'm going to play this card and move Mr. Elephant away from you, which I know you've been trying to get in position. Got so it. you've got that little interaction going on. Once again, card drafting, moving it along, various powers that affect the animals that you have to take into effect. And the other unique aspect is as you play the cards, they go on the bottom of the deck of that uh, animal in the order in which you've played them. Okay. So that's very important because normally they're set up in a ascending order, but as they come back into play, they'll be jumbled up. Very unique, very quick uh, playing game, very family game. I think even um, for young kids, because they won't do the meanness of the game. But something for you definitely to check out if you haven't seen it. This is an older game, 2019. Uh, like I said, Stronghold. Uh, from my standpoint, I want to get it to the table again with a lot more people. Two players, it just didn't work for us. And some people can mm -hmm. shout me down and say, oh, it worked fine. You don't know how to play it. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm, I'm used to that. But from, from my standpoint, very unique in how it all worked out with the movement of the animals and the restrictions and how you had to plan it. It's funny, Tony. Uh, Joel Eddy from Drive Through Games released uh, a video today where he looks at like games over the past like 10 years mm -hmm. and you know, talks about how much you liked them from from. Uh, this current year, last year, whatever year it was, was released. Uh, he picked Fast Loss and just raves about that game. He loves it. I, I think, it, Marty, I, I agree. I think it would be a blast with more players. It didn't sit well with two, but I think you, me, and the rest of the team, we'd be sitting there. We would be all getting into each other's face and and being very uh, vocal about, why aren't you playing? Why? What are you doing? Why are you moving those ants? Mm. <laughs> Sounds great. And I see it's also it's from um designer Friedman Freeze of mm -hmm. Power Grid and Friday fame. Mm -hmm. So anything that starts with an S. Fuji, <laughs> right. Fuji, didn't he do Fuji uh flush as well? Yes. <clears throat> yeah, yes. anything green basically. Green and green and F. <laughs> so, right, F. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, that that green box, very iconic kind of. <laughs> yeah. So fast slots. That's and I mean, what's not to love about that theme? You just got to put I'm stickers into, on all the wood pieces. 
Oh, hey, I, I enjoy oh, that. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, you enjoy that? I'll start sending you mine then. <laughs> Depends how many there are and how small no, they are. You've already said it now. It's too late. <laughs> Lock myself in. It, it may take a while, though. It depends what animals you can get. To- <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let, let's quickly talk about a couple more games uh, on here. Uh, Will, what do you, what do you want to discuss? Uh, I'll quickly discuss uh, Hair of the Dog is one where we actually played uh, that got to do a test play of it. Now but you're if you messing try with the. Oh, is, is that the Nazareth song? <laughs> it's. I think it's unrelated. <laughs> okay. All right. Yes. No. This is. Uh, in this game, you are at a dog friendly bar, and your job is try to pet the most dogs. So you are going to be running around and trying to avoid the waiters who will judge you, make you feel bad if you don't have a drink with you because they want you to be a paying customer. And it's just a really fun game of shaming people because when the waiter, someone just got like three shame tokens at once, which give you negative points at the end. Uh, and of course they have the, the, the cone of shame on them uh, from this is from cherry picked games, a company that we just adore because they do all these weird games. And uh, if you love dogs, you'll just love this because you'll just be like, I want to pet the belly on the corgi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the way it was, so we played a tabletop simulator version uh, with the team from the game. And the way it works is there's all the dogs have sets of cards with different kinds of pets you can do. So when you pet one, you'll do a belly rub or a head scratch, for example. And uh, you also want to pet different dogs. So you can't pet the same dog twice. And every time someone pets a dog, that dog becomes harder to pet because uh, there's some kind of now a secret condition attached to it. So the first time a dog comes out, you can just go pet it, no problem on your turn, uh, and you'll get a card saying you pet it. But from then on, you might pick up a token that says, like, if you want to pet this dog, you have to have a squeaky toy. And so you have to go to, there's a toy bin, and you have to get a squeaky toy and then go pet the dog. Otherwise, it doesn't go through. But... Only the person who pets the dog knows that that's the new condition unless they meet up with somebody and then they can exchange information if they want to, if they agree to it. Or you could just see what other people are doing and try to guess what you think uh, they're doing on their turn. And then there's also this, this whole drink system. Your actions are drinks. So you get one action for free. But if you want more, you have to take drinks to do them. And of course, that means you're more likely of getting shamed uh, by the servers. It's a really... A unique game. Like you said, dogs are cute. <laughs> There's a lot of cute dog art in this. And it's a fun kind of uh, like hidden information deduction sort of game, uh, but not in the, you know, not in the sense of most other deduction games that I know. It's not like a, a, a werewolf or a mafia. And it's not even like a, like a cryptid uh, or like a, a search for planet X kind of, uh, kind of deduction. It's, it's it feels very different. You're trying to figure out what's going on. It's got some really unique mechanics in it. And I'm definitely excited to see the final version. And maybe Will's dog might be in the game. We'll we'll see <laughs> if that happens or not. Yeah, but, during the playthrough, we were posting many pictures of pets. Yeah. But this is on tabletop simulator for free. Like anybody can go play this this prototype version of it. Um, and there's, you know, there's a rule book again, this is a situation where it helps having the designer there to teach you the rules. Uh, but this one definitely like a lighter, more medium weight kind of game, but definitely recommend it. I think it's going to be on Kickstarter later this year. I don't know if they have an actual date and with the way things are going, as we said, who knows, but, 
Uh, definitely looking forward to it. I, I really love cherry picked games. I, I don't know if you guys have tried any of their stuff like Far Away or it was their most recent one that we raved about. But uh, they're they're a really mm. cool under the radar indie company that has a lot of good stuff. No, I, uh, I don't. Yeah. I don't remember any. But then I have to go to BGG and check them out for sure. Yeah, yeah. Give them a look. They have some party games. They have different kinds of games. This one again was Hair of the Dog. It's a very funny theme. <laughs> uh, and I know you you also uh, got the chance to play some of your Digimon card game. Yeah, because I finally got to play that in person because I just, I don't like, going back to what we were talking about, I don't like webcam playing of that. It's just, uh, it's just not for me. It doesn't work for me. And I got to actually mess with the cards I've been opening and playing. So that was a lot of fun and mess with all the decks. Uh, the one deck that the worst did get a win only because every, the other deck was doing bad. <laughs> So that's always fun. I won't, we've talked, we're, we're talking so much about games and I'm sure I'm the only one who wants to talk about this. So I won't uh, bother us anymore with it. <laughs> well, did you have a good time? A very good time. Yeah. Is You're Digimon still... a collectible card game? Yeah, this one is. Um, so yeah, it's all the fun packs and stuff. So unless you really are into trying to find those rares in a store, no stores near me have it. I have to do the, uh, like get all my, uh, buy all the stuff online. So why so. Digimon and, and not any of the others? What was the appeal of that one? Uh, I've, I've loved Digimon since I was a kid Got and it. I do have magic stuff too, but I do commander. So pretty much the decks are like on autopilot. I don't have to worry about upgrading them too much. I might buy a single or two or something. I've been opening a couple boxes on streams cause I thought I'd try that out. Yep. But other than that, yeah. Well, you know, you're it's raising really... an interesting question, actually, because you're all you've also been a fan of Pokemon since you were a kid, but you don't play the Pokemon card game. Oh, why is that? Uh, <laughs> true, I guess, because Pokemon was like everyone's into it, but no one played the card game. But that I knew. But did you like the, I was the only one who knew it? So I'm like, I guess it's just me. I like it. So uh, I think it, it's like, and I like Digimon more than Pokemon. Whoa. I, I, I wait, 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 stop. Hold on. <laughs> Bombshell. Yeah, are, are you talking card game or the, uh, the intellectual property of the universe? Intellectual property. Okay. Like, it's been great talking to you guys. <laughs> I'm um. sorry. <laughs> Well, uh, that's oh, one way man. to end the podcast. We lost another guest to Digimon. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, no, that's cool. I have learned over the years never slam anybody for their opinion. That's 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 cool. I that's uh, I don't know a lot about Digimon, so I don't have a lot of affinity towards or, or, or what it is. But Tony and I are basically uh, first gen Pokemon guys. Like we bought and played Red and Blue the year it came out. I've been oh, playing. Yeah. I I only didn't play uh, Sword and Shield. Those you skipped Sword and Shield, really. Uh, it seemed like the, a good time to do it because they're like, we're not doing, we're not, uh, at the time of the announcement, obviously, uh, we're not bringing, uh, over the guys anymore. The graphics didn't look like they actually did a big difference, even though they're on the switch. So mm. I was like, uh, this seems like a, a time for a break. So are you going to get the uh, remake of is diamond and silver this fall? I probably am. Cause diamond is probably my, it was like one of my favorites outside of like when I, originally played yeah. i really like the 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 roster there i don't know how they're going to change it up i assume we're going to see some sword and shield guys in there mm. um but yeah I'm, I'm i'm more likely to pick that one up yeah so. i'm sorry I, I got you off digimon i was just curious about uh i'm always interested in collectible card games because that's how tony and i got into the hobby was through collectible card games so it's always interesting when i hear aside from magic let's put it that way a lot of people play mtg mm -hmm. like tony and i got some sample decks of flesh and blood and i hear so many people love that game and 
there needs to be a better rule or tutorial or something like that because we kind of struggled to get through it. But everybody who understands the rules says it's just an amazing game. So I'm really interested to see how that one plays. I saw like one guy on on YouTube talk about it, and I'm just like, I haven't heard about it otherwise. So that was weird. Uh, the, the Digimon, at the least, I will say, I do think the rules are really cool. It's even though like I find it, you probably are going to be more likely you've already heard of Digimon to get into it, unlike many other things. I think it does this really clever mechanic where if you, you know, when you played magic or a lot of card games, you know, you, you, when you play as card, you, you have your own mana or your blood, your influence. Mm -hmm. The way this works is there is a central track and let's say I play a card that costs three, it moves down three. And if I cross over zero, that's when my opponent's turn starts and that's what he has. So playing a very big card may be strong, but I'm then giving my opponent a whole bunch of energy to, to mess with. So it becomes this game of trying to, like almost a weird attrition of like, oh, if I play this and this, he only has one. So he has to give me a lot to go back on my turn. So it becomes this very clever game of trying to not simply just play the strong cards, but maybe like some weaker cards that are cheaper in the order. So you sort of, there's much more interaction with that. And you technically always have the, money you can't get you know like draw no lands it's just that you're giving your opponent a good turn uh wow that sounds a lot like the game that got us into gaming and that was lord of the Rings ccg it had that same sort of component uh component also where uh the more somebody played the more resources they added to the pool and then if you did then you were giving your opponent a chance for a big turn because of all the resources they have available to them mm -hmm, yeah and there isn't What's also nice is there isn't, you know, like your main phase and attack phase. That's sort of just you have your turn. So you take advantage of like, okay, I'll attack first, then I'll play my card that'll make it your turn. Or maybe attack, play a card, attack, play a card. Mm -hmm. So I do think they actually have a good game on their hands for once. This is their fourth or fifth iteration. And I played those in even as a fan of the game, they're 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 pretty bad. <laughs> the previous ones. Mm. <laughs> so they finally have actually made something worth playing. Cool. Well, there you go. We'll see how long it sticks around. <laughs> that is true. It's 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 a pain to get. It's getting better, but starting a, starting a card game during a pandemic not the wisest move. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, let's let's save our last game. We'll talk about it for next week because I want to I want to make sure we have time to to play a quick board game game before the show ends. Nice. Yeah, we're all we're all gonna have fun with that. Oh, I, I already I gave away the I gave away the title. <laughs> I'm supposed to save it anyway. Oh. To to finish off the show, what I mean to say is we're going to play a board game game. That's right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get better segue segments or um, uh, bumpers. There we go. I can't think of a word. Yeah, that's what it is. No, no, no. You you, you do great. Uh, ours are. Bad. Okay, so. <laughs> Did you hear how condescending that sounded, Tony? Oh no, no, no. You do, you do great. You do great. It's fine. I'm used to it. It's okay. They don't. Elders never get respect, Marty. <laughs> Not anymore, man. Oh, that's true. That's true. No, no. Well, well, we'll see if you can win some respect by playing this game. Uh, we have a board game themed game we're going to play in the podcast this week, and it's oh. one that I have decided we're calling Board Game Blend because we love alliteration here. Mm. And the way this is going to work, uh, the three of you will be competing. Uh, Tony and Marty, you could play in a team if you want, but 
maybe I don't know. It's up to you guys how you want to divvy this up. I guess it'd be an unfair advantage like, sure. for Will. <laughs> well, I don't know. It might just make it even at that point. <laughs> but oh uh, no, you haven't seen me during these games. <laughs> the way that this is going to work is for I have a series of descriptions of games, and the games I'll be describing are a blending of two existing games. And those two games have been brought together by some word in common in their two titles. Okay, hold on. Tony, this sounds exactly like the Wheel of Fortune thing. You better kill on this. <laughs> the Wheel of Fortune. Oh, yeah. Before yeah, where and it after. combines two. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. it. Before and after. Yep. Right. Right. Wow. So you, so know, go, so you, you can go ahead and put me down for a zero. so i'm just here to watch i I think i think you're all going to do great i think it's going to be very competitive so um and uh, you know we'll do the first one and you'll you'll kind of understand how it works if if you're not quite there yet so everybody if you if you think you know the answer you can buzz in by saying your name or just saying buzz buzz it's up to you however you want to do it and you can give it a guess and you'll get a point if you're correct all right so we're not. We're gonna get right into it. Here is your your first clue. Buzz. Oh, I'm sorry. I was early. <laughs> oh no, you got to answer now. <laughs> uh, we're starting with a. I don't know if it's an easy one, but we'll see. In this game, travelers from different regions of the world trade resources such as brick and wheat, while optimizing their engines and trying to raise each other's buildings to the ground. Um, Buzz, Imperial Settlers of Catan. That's right. Imperial Settlers of Catan. I see how this works. There you go. So that's, there's your intro. Hold on. He he did it backwards. Buzz. (laughs) Go ahead. Because the way you said that, it sounded like it was Catan Settlers of Imperial. Oh, oh, okay. I'll clarify. The order of the of the games may not be reflected by the clue. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so there's another layer of trickiness here that you'll have to contend with. It just got hard. It's like First Martian. <laughs> also, that's some people might say it's a little bit of a cheat because the, there's technically a the in the Settlers of Catan. But you know what? We're gonna let it slide. All right. Now we're all on the same page. Now, now I know you're going to get this. Next nah, I don't know if we are, but go ahead. I don't know. <laughs> okay. This is a large scale campaign dungeon crawl game in which players must ask questions and solve mysteries in order to proceed. Campaign dungeon crawl. I hope you can edit out a lot of dead silence. And, and, and so, and so what's, the, what's the second part when the players must ask questions? That's right. Ask questions and solve mysteries to proceed. Uh, I don't know. Buzz, this ain't going to yeah, be right. Go Mys- ahead. Yeah. Gloomhaven Mysterium. Oh, man. I love where your head's at, but no, it's okay. not Gloomhaven Mysterium. Well, I was going to say Buzz, uh, just to move us along. Uh, <laughs> mysteries of Mansion Gloomhaven. I, also a good one, but no, nope. I, I don't. Got one, I have no idea. Descent into Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, I'll, here I'll I'll give you a clue. Uh, you got one of them, but you did not add the full subtitle. Oh, wait, a minute. who who got it? Will did just okay. Now. Oh, well. oh God! Oh no! Uh, um, <laughs> I, I, I Mansion, I, I Mansions of know. Gloomhaven. 
Nope, nope. Okay. <laughs> no, it would be just, he got one of them. So, Adventures of Sherlock I'm, Holmes. Oh, I, I'm sorry. You said that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I know what it, it probably is. I just don't know the actual subtitle. Hey. Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't even think, now, I, I don't care if you guys, I'm pretty sure it's Descent. I don't know what the subtitle is. Uh, so, Pat, can I buy a vow? <laughs> All right. The subtitle of Descent is, and I, I, I'm going with the new edition, but they both end in the same subtitle Legends of the Dark. So, Legends of oh. Sherlock Holmes? Uh, uh, Buzz, Descent, Legends of the Dark Stories. That's it. I'll give you half a point for that. Sure. <laughs> I, Tony, you do you no understand the rules? Can Is there a watch it played video for this somewhere? <laughs> it is past my nap time. I wouldn't mind watching a watch it played to put me to sleep. <laughs> you're going to, you're going to get the next one. They're going to, Jonathan, there you have it. I think you need to make watch it play, uh, how to play videos for all these. They're going to they're get easier. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. Here we go, guys. Get ready. The city's finest knights will protect your land from pillaging invaders, and you'll need all the help you can get with the huge number of monsters and minis included in this game. What is Knights of Kickstarter? I'm afraid that's not it. <laughs> well, here's a clue already. I messed up and included one of the words in one of the titles in my clue, <laughs> which I was trying not to do, but I did it. So, could you give us the clue again? The city's finest knights will protect your land from pillaging invaders. And you'll need all the help you can get with the huge number of monsters and minis included in this game. Well, every game has monsters and minis. <laughs> this game is particularly well known for all of its minis and monsters. Ah. <laughs> uh, ah. Uh. Um, ah, kill the dead air with talking. Is it, um, is the first part after the empire? I mean, um, no. it is not. It is not. So, so, um, Super Dungeon Explorers was coming with all the monsters and minis, but that's probably mm -hmm. wrong. Oh, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. That's not it. No. So, see right there. <laughs> so that rules out. Uh, Zombie side. I feel like this is now more of a group effort of us. Yeah. Just trying so, to okay. <laughs> this turned into co a co-op game all of a sudden. <laughs> all it's, right. So uh, it's trying we, to see into Jonathan's head where he's going with this. <laughs> so so hold on. Do, does anybody have a clue to the pillaging I mean, knights protecting the city? I'm thinking something with King Arthur must be. But I'm trying to think like what's castle? Is it uh, Castle Panic? Panic. Castle how about, minis, how about I, if I give I you a publisher? Okay. All right. The first the first game in this is uh, was published by Garp Hill Games. Oh, good gosh. Slash, uh, slash oh, Renegade. Then it, so, oh, oh, then um, it's got to be um, Paladins uh, of the West Kingdom. Oh, uh, Raiders of the North Sea. Oh, wait, what's that game? <laughs> That's what we're trying to figure out. <laughs> no, um, is it? I, I I'm maybe making this name up, but is it Paladins of the West Kingdom Death or Death oh, Monster De Kingdom Death Monster? That's it. You all get a point for that one. Paladins <laughs> of the Kingdom Death Monster. <laughs> I couldn't all think right. it. I, I here's the thing. Um, I knew 
the game you're referring to, and I cannot come up with the name of it. I'm sitting there going, it's the booth at Gen Con that everybody absolutely loves, the huge mm-hmm. Kickstarters that was thousands and th- millions of dollars, and I could not come up with the name Kingdom Death Monster. I, I know I, there is a big one, and I'm like, it's that, which I can't remember the name until I never had something Kingdom and something dark. And I'm like, it's that or Cthulhu Wars, because I actually have that, and that's too many minis. We're going to do a couple more. We'll give you guys a chance to catch up here. I, I still believe Oh, no, this is now co-op, dude. You've lost, <laughs> you have lost this game. This is now our game we're playing by our – we're house ruling this. Be that as it may. <laughs> Your next clue. In this game, someone is not who they seem, and you need to work it out quickly before they kill you all. The catch, you're limited to two, sorry, you're limited to fewer than two words to help your teammates guess who the traitor is. Two words. I'm thinking just one. No, that's just one. You don't get two. So that one's fewer than, less, fewer, fewer than, than two, two. words. Just fewer. one werewolf. No. Where, oh, oh just go. one night werewolf. I uh, just one. There you uh, go. Just, yeah, <laughs> one night werewolf. Just one night werewolf. I'm giving it to you. Just one night ultimate werewolf. Ultimate werewolf. Okay, <laughs> but yes. All right. See, I knew I knew you'd get one there. Ooh, okay. So they actually right. said you have to do it in fewer than two words. Oh wow. Uh, well, that's I'm trying to avoid using the word one, one in my clue. Fewer than two words is what you don't. You're not a programmer. <laughs> it's less than not less than or equal to oh okay All right. is it an and or an or statement do they have to both be true or both? <laughs> i got one more that you'll get mad at me for so, no no way this is an abstract game that's been played for thousands of years in which players must move their pieces to eliminate their opponent's pieces while keeping their hands secret and not discussing any of their strategy out loud with teammates. So Wei Chi. What? I think you're you're thinking you're no. Th- this is Jonathan we're talking about. It's got to be like Chester Checkers. He's not. Oh. Or Go. <laughs> or no. Go. Yeah. Oh right. Yeah. Could be a. Go home. No. Is, is it, where, where? What's the last part of the clue where you got to keep your hands hidden? Secret hands, hidden hands, and you can't discuss strategy. With your teammates out loud. It makes you think Hanabi, but that's that's exactly what I thought. Hanabi, but I thought that doesn't make any sense. So Hanabi, your hands are secret from yourself. Oh, that's true. Oh, secret. In this game, they're secret from everyone else. So every card game, almost. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's pretty much it. What you described is probably most board games. Well, it's very specific to this game. So, so the hands are secret, and but you're giving oh, clues. Oh, 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 um, 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 oh my gosh, we're waiting. It, the mind, <laughs> the it's mind, the mind. Go to the mind. You're you're very close. Oh, the game. I know why. The game. Yeah, the game. <laughs> you're still very close. Oh. <laughs> Hanabi was also very close. What are we? You're all in the right ballpark. This is a game that we talked about just last week on the podcast. It's uh oh, it's it's award winning. In fact, <laughs> we're now playing the a memory crew? game, and I'm losing. The crew, crew could could be could be. Um, go the crew. It's not go right. It's a first right, here's, a, here's another hint for you. <laughs> the crew also has a subtitle. 
Oh, mission on. to the lost planet, or something like that. I told you you'd get mad. No, I'm not. No, I'm not getting mad. No, we were mad at the beginning of this. We have moved into terror. <laughs> uh, the crew quest for planet nine pins. I don't know. Um, quest for <laughs> no one's even going to know what this game is. <laughs> the quest for oh, God. Um... This game is in uh, Clubhouse Games on Nintendo Switch. Oh. Uh, There's a lot of games in that. Um, 51, in fact. (laughs) Yeah. Nine. Othello. um, Um, No, but it's got to be in the quest for Planet Nine. One of those words is one of the games. It has to end in the or start with nine. (laughs) God. Um, I mean, if you don't, if you don't, can't think of it now. I don't think you're gonna come up with it. Yeah, I, I oh God, it's gonna be annoying when you say it. I know it, but it's a classic. Thousands of years it's been played. Uh, yeah. So this one, the answer was the crew, the quest for planet nine men's Morris. Oh my gosh, no way I would have gotten that. Nope. <laughs> Uh, the important thing is that I had fun making these. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I have to uh, declare Will the winner of that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I had more, but you know what? We're going to save those for a future episode. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, hopefully you'll have more We're making co-op from the start. Yeah, hopefully you have somebody that can actually give them some competition. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, but I, let me tell you, best decision I've made in a long time was getting the two of you to be on our podcast because you're just delightful. It's been so much fun talking to you. And you have, of course, from this long episode, earned a lot of experience points. And as a level up bonus, Uh you get to now plug your show and tell everyone where they can follow you on the internet. Do you want me to do it or you tell me? Do you want it done right or incorrectly? Okay, so I'll do it. All right, so if you want to, (laughs) you can check out uh, our website, RollDiceTakeNames.com, with a lot of links there. But uh, our podcast, uh, Rolling Dice and Taking Names, is on uh, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, pretty much everything like that. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Dice and Names. Follow us on Instagram, Dice and Names. And like I said, all the links are on our webpage. And come hang out on our Discord channel where we talk a lot about food and lawnmowers. Yeah. I, I joined the Discord while the show was going on. So that's me. Oh, there, that's you. Way. Okay. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I got to get into that Discord, obviously. Uh, yes. T- check all that stuff out. We will have links in the show notes so you can listen to them and join in that conversation. So good to have the both of you on the show. Of course, if listeners want more Roll for Crit, I don't know why you would after this episode <laughs> with the way we uh, <laughs> carried on. But if you do, you can find our YouTube stuff, live streams, and other things at RollForCrit.com. And we've got that old Patreon page where you can get an extra bonus podcast episode every week if you sign up. Or you can rate and review us on iTunes. Or really, we would love it if you would just email us. Let us know what you think about the stuff we've been talking about or ask a question related to board games, the world of board games, anything at all. Uh, you can do so. Rollforcrit at gmail.com or specifically our meeple gallery at gmail.com. Where you can join our meeple gallery and chat with us there. Wait, Once wait a minute. Wait yes, a minute. Hold yeah, on. Hold on. Wait, hold wait, on. You got a problem with that? <laughs> <laughs> you, you is we got to relaunch our our crowdfunding and part of your goals is you give an extra podcast per yeah if anybody's listening to this show and they say hey guys why don't you do that when you launch your campaign nope 
<laughs> I'm going to be campaigning for this. So, <laughs> an extra podcast? Oh my gosh, it's shorter. It's shorter. Yeah, uh, but it's it's mostly t- uh, Jonathan talking about what he's actually watching. How you realize that I don't really have time to watch TV and movies mo- usually compared to John. Ah, <laughs> oh, gotcha. Yeah, we talk about other some non-board game stuff on there. So that's the that's the good stuff. <laughs> that's our normal podcast. What are you talking about? <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I, I like I love the tangents. We separate our tangents out for the most part. Uh, again, thanks Tony and Marty for coming on the show, and. That's going to do it for this episode. Thank you, everybody who is at home or wherever you may be listening right now. I'm Jonathan. I'm Will. And this was Roll for Crit. Y'all come back now, you hear? <laughs>